Hello everybody, good evening. We are so happy you're able to join us tonight with Soulful Awakenings Era, embodying radical authenticity. Our beautiful, wonderful group of ladies. Um, I'll introduce myself first and then I'll allow everybody to introduce themselves. My name is Nicole uh, Laswell. I call myself the Inner Peace Broker. I am one of the Fab Five. <laughs> um, what I do is I usually work with clients with Theta Healing, uh, Access Bars, anything that helps people to broker inner peace within themselves. Um, I'm part of this fantastic group of ladies that have created courses to help everybody find ways to heal themselves. That's what really Soulful Awakening is about, embodying that radical, authentic self that we are. Um, and each one of us is such a fabulous part of this group. So I'm going to let each and every one of us introduce ourselves and then we'll go ahead and get started. So Donna, will you like to introduce yourself second? I would. Nicole, the music's a little bit loud. It kind of covers up your voice a little bit. Thank so. you for letting me know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Welcome everybody. So uh, like Nicole said, we're Soulful Awakenings era and it's the five of us, Laura, Janet, Kim, Nicole, and myself. Uh, I created um, an empowerment series called Choosing You, which all of us have participated fully in in different capacities, and now we all five facilitate that as well, and it's something that we offer as one of the many classes that we offer in our business. But the podcast that you guys are getting today is something that we're going to be doing every week just to be a space for you guys. Anyone who wants to join, it's totally free. It's a gift, and um, it's just something that we love doing. But uh, our mission is empowering and being space for those soulfully awakening to embodying radical authenticity with grace and subtleness to be their unstoppable and irresistible selves. And we would love to create a world where courage is not even required to choose oneself, where all people know that they have a choice and are empowered to be and receive themselves fully without any judgment. And we absolutely know that when we're being space, and that's a big thing that we talk about a lot is being space, as being one of the most amazing tools to having you, that when we're being space, we actually create space for people to fall in love with themselves. And that's, we want nothing more than for everyone to be in love with themselves. So thank you guys for being here. Laura, you want to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Thank you. So my name is Laura, and I am also one of the five of this wonderful group of Soulful Awakenings era. I My background comes from playing with Reiki, quantum touch, um, vibrational healing. I love working with sound, with a voice, using your voice as your, as your own tool for healing, uh, amongst other energetic work for healing as well. So um, this was actually a really interesting and exciting <laughs> topic to discuss. Triggers. Let's see what comes out of this. So I would like to pass the mic over to Kim. She is also one of the most beautiful women in this group. So Kim, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Good evening, ladies. Again, my name is Kim, aka The Abundant Black Woman. And one of the things that I do is create space um, as a, not only just create, but to be space uh, for women, especially black women and women of color. Encourage them, again, to show up, walk in their purpose, to take up space where space necessarily might not have been created um, for them. And 
I'm just looking forward to tonight's conversation. My background is in higher education, so navigating the collegiate landscape is also one of the services that I offer and provide. I'm just looking forward to tonight's conversation. I also consider myself more or less like a spiritual doula. So um, I am the uh, caboose tonight. Um, so my name is Jana, and I am a massage therapist and energy healer. I specialize in Mayan abdominal massage. So I work with reproductive and digestive issues. I also work with healing um, sexual trauma and other types of trauma that are stuck in the body. And I also love working with um, women specifically who are hoping to um, have more pleasure in their life. And that's one of the services I offer. And I'm looking forward to our conversation tonight. I've uh, seen a lot of clients lately that have been very triggered by different things and um, and in my own life. So I just feel like it's a very a topic that's kind of on all of our minds right now. I'm curious, uh, Nicole, I heard you talking earlier today. Yes, about my triggers. Sorry, I had to sneeze. <laughs> um, Bless yeah, you. About what is the trigger and like just kind of bringing some clarity to what actually is a trigger. Um, oh. And you had a really good um, definition of that. So for me, what I, I realized that is when, when you're triggered, it's usually a whole body reaction. If you pay attention to your body when you're triggered, your, um, your fight, flight, or freeze mechanism engage, and your whole body um, is basically overrun with this um, adrenaline excess uh, you know, you guys, I'm sure you've heard it, but in, just in case as a reminder, your eyes are dilated, your heart rate starts accelerating, your blood goes into your um, main organs because, uh, sorry, not into, into your muscles because you're ready to start running. So it's really interesting how a perceived threat, right? Because it may or may not be a threat, but it is perceived. And the thing is that the trigger is in itself a threat, right? Because what it is, is, is your body telling you something is not right. And you get to choose in that moment whether to react to that trigger with, again, that fight, flight, or freeze. And what we're trying to do is show what we can do when we are triggered, uh, how to find out what is being triggered and how to move forward from that. Cool. Thank you. Um, also, too, lately we've been... Um, Doing some more, some other research on really how to be totally present. And one thing that has really shown up for me that's been really interesting is that the majority of our lives were actually not present. Um, we are in some form or fashion reacting or responding or recreating or trying to avoid recreating a past. And, um, or fantasizing about a past that we have had or that we haven't had. And those things actually show up as triggers as well for us. And so what's interesting is I was like, wow, actually I would dare to say that 100% of our day, unless we're in deliberate and total awareness like meditation or really focused being present, our 100% of our day pretty much exists inside of trigger response. You know, Truth. something in the past is being brought to the present and it's triggering some emotion for us. It's triggering some 
past memory for us. It's triggering some past lie or story, some failure. And, and sometimes it can trigger good things too. And, you know, I'm not saying that all triggers are bad. I'm not even saying that triggers are bad. Really, this conversation isn't even to make anything bad. It's not bad to, to not be in the present or to be in a trigger. It's really more about what happens when the triggers show up. How does it take us out of our off our center, out of being ourselves, out of our joy? Um, and how can we get back to that? Like as fast as possible. Like what else is possible there? Absolutely. I, I have it. I think one of the things we also talked about was how triggers offer a chance for healing um, in terms of when we do come off of center, it's an opportunity to see what's beneath it to, in order to heal it. Definitely. Um, yeah, I would definitely say that's true. I've had some really major big triggers in my life where something occurred and it took me into such a downward spiral. I remember there's one, one incident that occurred in my life and I was on such a downward spiral that actually at one point I had the thought that the world would be a better place without me. Like that's how fucked up and wrong that's I was. That's terrible. And I, didn't, I never thought about killing myself, but I was like, I'm really like not contributing to this world at all. I'm just screwing it up and screwing everyone's lives up. And it wasn't true. Actually, it was someone else's life. It was projected onto me. But it was somewhere deep inside me that I hadn't healed a part of me where I have to be responsible for other people's realities. And it's right. not to say I'm not conscious of what I'm contributing and not contributing to other people's realities by being me. Um, but it's like, where, where do we take on other people's injuries as our own and vice versa? I don't know if that makes any sense. And how can we, how can we heal from that? I would say, too, that there um, a lot of times if you can sit with the trigger and stay out of the story of it and you can often find the limiting belief behind it or the judgment that is from, you know, some kind of past judgment um, that either is from somebody else or from yourself that is kind of at the base of it. Yeah, for Um, sure. Uh, We'll actually get into that and talk about what are some of those triggered past judgments or stories that are kind of like have it, that are underneath the trigger. Um, real quick, though, I just everyone raised you guys were also great and you raised your hands earlier. Go ahead and unraise your hand. Can you do it the same way? Shelly did it really. She unraised it and unraised it somehow. Okay, cool. And then that way we actually know who, who wants to raise their hand. I think Christy had her hand raised to say something. So I'll invite her in to speak. Go ahead, Christy. Hello, hello, hello. So happy to be here. Um, Hi. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, this is such a great topic. Uh, today when I was working, uh, I'm building, don't know me, I'm a hairstylist. And um, I, I, like, knowing the call is off, like, it's all, you know, like, I, I'm already the call end of the conversation, and so getting triggered by religious conversations 
and I could just feel my body tighten up and my anger rising and um, my fist was coming up. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I'm triggered. <laughs> so, isn't, so, isn't that cool? Because I want, I mean, you may have already noticed that you, it was triggering you, but knowing this conversation was coming up, I'm curious if it had you have a different awareness about it than if you hadn't have had this conversation coming up. Um, well, I think I was more observant that the triggers were happening. Um, I, as a hairstylist, I'm, I'm very good at um, staying present and not, observe, not uh, reacting to things. Yeah, there's all kinds of people. People come from all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of religious and political beliefs, and all kinds of things. So I can hear what they have to say without making them wrong for it, right? Like I can say, "Well, that's what they believe." But today it was triggering something in me, and um, I think it, you know it goes back to I think as a young person where um, we were in. and controlling, <laughs> and it, I, I don't know, I, I'm not sure what was coming up for me, I, I definitely, because I was so triggered, I have some, something to look at, but I do think I was, I do think I was aware of it differently because of this call, it was sort of comical in a way, because like, oh yeah, we're having that trigger call tonight, and I'm triggered. <laughs> I have a quick question. Go ahead. Yes. Um, Christy, if you pay attention to what was said, would you be able to right now tell us what was the one thing, how did it make you feel? Um, so I, the first word that comes to mind is defensive. Defensive. And even angry. And angry. Okay, why were you, if you can ask, what was, what was the thing that angered you? Would you say it was something of, when you say defensive, is this you separating yourself from your own beliefs? Do you feel like what they believed or whatever they said caused you to wonder if you were right or wrong in your beliefs? No, it didn't. It didn't cause me to wonder about mine. Okay, so um, what did it trigger then? I, for me, it's, um, she's cutting in and out. Earlier, earlier, I actually heard her say she felt controlled. Oh, there we go, Christy. Yeah, I think it goes back. Yes, I, I. Well, logically, I came up with that. Um, so I was trying. As I after I said it, I'm looking. Is that how I was feeling? I partially. It's also like being impelled upon because so <laughs> control. Like person was actually like, yeah, I guess yeah. Being impelled upon is like someone trying to control. I mean, I didn't feel like I was being controlled, but I felt like, you know, I feel like they're in their world. They're right, and I'm wrong. Aha! Uh-huh. And what would be the worst thing about someone? thinking that you're wrong and that they're right. I don't care in that area. <laughs> but it's causing a trigger in you. Well, That's where we want to... Oh, here's the other thing. Here's the 
other thing that was said that had the same response, the other thing that was said, um, because I know where she's coming from, this is my own judgment, it's my own judgment triggering it, so because I know who she is and where she's coming from, she's, you know, she's like, she's, I haven't seen her in a while, so she's like, oh, did you say, you're, did you say you're married? And I said, no, I'm not married. <laughs> and I don't know, it pissed me off when she asked me, because I know that she has an opinion about it. Gotcha. So I don't the question again what's the worst thing about being about them thinking I'm wrong what is what is the worst thing about you being wrong and someone else being right for you specifically it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks it doesn't matter what your logic mind thinks this is coming from the heart just think about this question what's the worst thing about this person saying that you are wrong It's a tough question to answer. I know. And this this is one of those things that this is what we're pushing people to be able to do. This Again, and maybe not pushing, it's more like aiding because this is how I, every time I'm triggered, I go down this pathway. So now it's part of my practice. So it's easier for me to come up with my answer. So I'm kind of putting you on the spot, Christy, because I know you're super strong and amazing and you can, you know, take that question, but that's the type of thing that we want to be doing, asking these hard questions to get to that bottom belief, bypass our logical mind and really see what's happening at that subconscious level. That's affecting our conscious life. Well, I think it's a great question. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I don't say it feels like a blind spot. I don't, I don't know that that's true. It just, I mean, in this moment, when I'm trying to look and see, it feels like it's hiding. <laughs> but I will keep asking, like, what's the worst thing that, what's the question again? What's the worst thing that can happen? So what's the worst thing about them thinking that you're wrong? What's, what's the worst thing about you what's being about wrong? And then, and then you just kind of keep going down that questioning. What's the worst thing about that? What's the worst thing about that? What's the worst thing about that? Let's, I'm going to use me as an example, just to give you kind of an idea. So if someone thought that I was wrong, like for example, it's wrong for me to, uh, have premarital sex or something like that. And, um, outside of me, people are thinking, well, that's wrong. You're, you're going to go to hell. It's the worst thing you can do. And what's the worst thing about people thinking that I'm going to go to hell? <laughs> this is just an example because it happened to me when I was 18. Um, what's the worst thing about me going to hell? Well, shit, I guess I am uh, not going to have <laughs> the afterlife I thought I would have. And what's the worst thing about that? About that? Someone else telling me that I don't, that I'm a lost cause. What's the worst thing about me being a lost cause? Whew. Um, then, uh, what the hell did I come here for? Or like, why am I alive? And what's the worst thing about me feeling this separate from myself, separate from the universe, separate from existence itself? Um, I shouldn't exist. I mean, kind of like what Donna just said about, you know, maybe I shouldn't even be here. And I know that's a lie, but by looking at it, by going deep, because this is Christy, this is why they hide because you're sweet different subconscious levels they don't want to show you what's there because <laughs> it's you're you're getting a little chemical cocktail every time you have a reaction your body gets used to that it likes to be in this drama so we keep on making these little dramas up and up and up until you finally look at the trigger deeply 
to then release it and heal that. So keep at it, Christy. You're doing a great job, girl. Oh, my goodness. I love that. I love these questions, Nicole, because I can see exactly what you're talking about, how this question is going to take you. You're going to come up with an answer. It's like, okay, well, then what is the worst about this? And that's going to take you to something else, to something else, until you get to the absolute bottom of it. And I wanted to share with you guys, at the moment, I'm visiting my hometown. I am from Laredo, or the two Laredos that's in the border town between Texas and the and Mexico. And i got to tell you, I feel different when I am here because in my hometown people love to judge everybody they love to talk about what you did what you didn't do what they think you did or what they think you didn't do and it's quite quite a unique feeling because when I'm in Dallas or anywhere else you know I've I think I have already worked through some of this triggers I think I've already you know, overcome this, overcome that. And then I come here and I'm like, oh, wow, I actually apparently do care about what people are going to think if I go out to the grocery store with no makeup on. Ah! That is very (laughs) Latin too. Right? So I did find this trigger in this few days and I started looking at it and asking questions at myself, especially because we had this conversation coming up. So what is this? Why is it a trigger? And do I really care what people think? And as I kept talking to myself and asking and answering and asking and answering, (laughs) I was like, oh, I'm just going to go to the store with absolutely no makeup on. And if people don't like it, they can look the other way. They don't have to look at my pretty little face with no makeup. (laughs) (laughs) So my day was a lot better because I stopped caring. But it was a unique situation to experience actually in my hometown. Would you, would anybody uh, find it differently if you were at one location versus another, a different city where nobody knows you or where, or with family? Do you, what do you guys think? Does it make a difference if you're surrounded by certain people, by a certain group of people, by family members? I'd like to hear from someone. Absolutely. I would say that definitely when I get around, I mean, my sister, Christy, and I can attest that whenever we're around family, we all, we kind of fall into these past roles in their eyes. And it was kind of like when you're with someone who only sees the good in you, you like are a top performer. And then when, you, when you're with someone who just like thinks you're pathetic, you just can't do anything right. I mean, it's, how much do people's projections have a say in what it is that we're triggered by. Um, But also, too, even to stretch that a little bit farther, Laura, let's say I have something that I get triggered by often with my family, and then I'm away from my family for a while. I'll create my next-door neighbor doing the same thing for me. You know, if it's a trigger that I'm really looking to heal, I don't maybe know I'm looking to heal it, I I have the point of view, I guess, that... I'm creating these triggers to show up for me to be a mirror for me and a reflection for what I'm actually ready to finally be done with and finally heal and finally have total freedom to be me around. Christina did, or Michelle, did you guys have a question? Michelle, you were off mute. So I didn't know if you. Oh, that was an accident. I'm sorry. 
Um, I just wanted to say that I've, I don't know, your meetings come at the right time um, because, again, this week, triggers have been huge for me. Um, my mom and I have started, like, working things out, but this morning I had an interview, and I don't drive, so she came to pick me up, and I was so ready for the interview. I was like, we're going to do this, da 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 and then my mom got here, and it was late, and she was, like, taking it out on me, which, I mean, it is my fault because I should be driving, but it just, it puts you in a whole different state of mind. Like, I totally blew that interview. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Also, too, Christina, I kind of see something about myself and what you said. It's like whenever someone else is triggered by me, that triggers me. And then I have to judge them for judging me. And it's like this vicious cycle, like trigger begets trigger, judgment (laughs) begets judgment. And then we're just like in this whole like whirlwind of, of it. See, and I've been really trying to like focus on what what my problem is within all the chaos in the world, because um, I, I do listen to a lot of people and I take it in, and all I want to do is be better for my kids. Um, I had an incident the other day, and that's actually why I was looking for other jobs. Um, I went back to a bagel shop that I worked at a couple years ago, and um, we had just opened inside for the public so we've been closed due to COVID and everybody's emotions and just everybody was a mess and there was this guy that came in and he was trying to be funny and you could tell but I'm used to that because that's the way that my dad is and it was like instantly after the manager said she was going to take care of it somebody else went behind her back and called the cops and had came up to me and like made a joke of it I called the cops da 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 well, I know that's a super trigger for me because I have a neighbor that constantly calls the cops. And it's it's been a couple of months and it's been quiet, but it like took me out of my body and made me so angry to the point like I I said I quit that day. The cop um had talked to me and told me that like he thanked me for coming out and making things right because this guy could have gotten in trouble with the false accusations. Um so, again, I'm listening to everything that you guys are saying, and it truly helps me grow. That's huge, Christina. Um, it, and the, I will say that anger uh, is very powerful emotion. Uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned that. I didn't at the beginning. Um, some of you might know, but I have two boys that have autism. And watching them go through their meltdowns has given me a whole appreciation for the brain, the chemicals in the brain, and how to find the energy to switch um, the surrounding energy. Um, Now I'm going to get a little bit more on the metaphysical grounding energy side. But one of the things that um, I I love this meditation, it's called the um, white it's basically like this uh, white bubble of light that you see around you. And, um, and it's, 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 again, it's a practice because when you are hijacked by anger, uh, it's, it, 
it takes some time for your body to come back down. Actually, it takes your body about 24 hours to let go of all the adrenaline that you build on that one moment of trigger. So wow. um, if we're constantly triggered, guess how much adrenaline we have? <laughs> constantly trying to flush that out of our system. So yeah. it really is a practice. So um, this is just more of a tool. Just try to be that light is what I tell people and this is actually what I do I visualize coming in with this huge bubble of light around me so that anywhere I go this energy whatever it is especially now because everybody's so on edge and triggered and scared and um, they all feel that they're wrong and they're right all at once all judgment Um, so the idea is to we talk a lot about being space in that energy of that white light and I visualize it in my mind so I hope that's a tool that can help y'all you really do see just like this field of light and you are bringing that light in every one of us has this ability it sounds interesting but I say play with it give it a shot next time you're at the uh, the local bagel shop and help Christina out (laughs) because I know (laughs) that being on the other side of that counter taking in all those orders with all that energy all the time um, can be very taxing on any one human being so I try to bring in that energy of refreshing even when I'm upset I just know that you know what, I'm going to call in that energy of grace, uh, of love, of calming down. Um, and that usually disarms whoever, like this little jokester that came in to mess with Christina, um, it usually calms the energy around you because you're embodying that, if that makes sense. What a gift. You become the influencer rather than the exactly. What a gift. What a beautiful tool, Nicole. Thank you for sharing that with us. Very that is beautiful. Whenever uh, we were looking at this conversation and this topic, I was looking at some fundamental beliefs that people get triggered by. Like, it's the thing that's hiding. And I'd love to read through these. There's actually 20 of them. They're really short. And before I read through them, I'd love for everyone to just think of a recent experience or incident where you got triggered. I mean, it could be something as simple as my child didn't do what I asked him to do and I got triggered and I started yelling at her to, you know, something major. Like uh, I got fired and that triggered a whole bunch of reaction with me or it could be anything. But just it could be something small, it could be something big, it really doesn't matter. Um, But get get that trigger present for you. And that incident or that experience present for you. And then just look in and see which one of these resonate with you. And you're going to be looking at how, oh, where am I still not healed in this area? So that's the, that's the power of what going through these um, different emotional reactions, so to speak, or what's underneath the emotion. So the first one is, I felt disrespected. Number two, I felt powerless. Number three, I felt forgotten. Number four, I felt unloved. Number five, I felt judged. Six, I felt excluded. Seven, I felt unheard. Eight, I felt scolded. Nine, I felt frustrated. Ten, I felt like I couldn't be honest. 11, I felt unsafe. 12, I felt that was unfair. 13, I felt trapped. 
14, I felt disconnected. 15, I felt manipulated. 16, I felt controlled. 17, I felt blamed. 18, I felt uncared for. 19, I felt like the bad guy. And 20, I felt lonely. And I'm curious, as you thought about that, the, the trigger, which of those statements made you nod and your head up and down and be like, yep, that's exactly what I was feeling. And who would like to share? I think Stephanie had her hand raised. Yeah, can you all hear me? Yes, thank you, Stephanie. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, I... Um... <laughs> I've actually talked to to Donna and Nicole about this at length, but um, I had a stepmother who um, who made me feel judged often, 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 um, and it was in a sense of some some body shaming and some different things. And um, we ended up having a, a pretty rough relationship. And she passed away about a year and a half ago. And the crazy part of that is that she still. <laughs> triggers me and she's not even here anymore how crazy is that wow <laughs> crazy and actually the I, I worked with Nicole through some of this and actually it's she's become much l- less of a trigger for me um now but so it's it's crazy that the influence and the power of of those triggers well absolutely I mean um we're actually reading this fantastic book right now, a few of us, and we're seriously considering making this a book club at some point. Um, we should. There's so many books that we could discuss, but there's this one book called Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I like it because he's an MD and he works through both the physical and the metaphysical side of things. But he talks about what your body looks like when you um, have these memories. It's it's in your body, your, your, your brain develops these neural pathways and so you get used to thinking in one way when you think of one person and what's interesting is when you think of that person and you feel this way your body um, especially when you go back to an event that caused you to feel this high stress you you continue feeling it in your body as if it were actually happening right now So in order to disentangle that and create a new neural pathway, a new way of being where you're no longer asking for those chemical cocktails to flood your body, because again, your body likes to feel certain things. I mean, how many of us love our drama? Who loves TV? Who loves music? (laughs) It's all about (laughs) the stories. Like, oh my gosh, yes, Pride and Prejudice, favorite book. Um, And so it's it's amazing how, um, yeah, it's it's our our beautiful bodies are are made in a way that we create these. again, these neural pathways, these ways of reacting every single time. And in order to change that neural pathway, you have to take action. So this is why we did Theta Healing and you feel better, Stephanie. But um, in some cases, it's such a deep, uh, it's it's, been entrenched in there. So it takes a little bit more effort to go down those deep layers to finally get to that root cause and really choose in the moment to change that trigger. That takes practice, but I have lived it because, again, the everyday for me is somebody's having a trigger. Uh, So what I do is just 
I, I become the energy of no, even though sometimes I succumb. Absolutely. I'm still human. And I, that's why I love these topics. They remind me <laughs> not to be triggered or allow the trigger, love myself some more and let that shit go. Um, but it really takes practice and stamina in some cases. And this is why groups like ours, uh, being surrounded by this beautiful energy of like, I'm not saying always be positive, but what I'm saying is that you have a choice to change that um, neural pathway and really start creating a new one. It takes a little bit of effort, but you have support and you have the ability and you, you can totally do this. You can totally change that. I'm so proud of you, Stephanie, for how far you've come already because it's been beautiful to watch you blossom after our session. I love this idea of how triggers can be how addicted we can become to triggers. I, well, actually, I don't love the idea. I love that we're discussing this because yes. when we have that awareness, I think it's easier to every time that we're having a trigger, that we're being triggered by something, then it is going to be a little bit easier to take a look at, at what it is that is happening, even if I still go out and do the whole drama and uh, do the whole soap opera, because, you know, I'm Mexican, I got to do the whole thing. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be as heavy or as hard as it would be in the past, because now I'm observing it. And I'm observing it only because we've come up with this question we've it, there's just something there that has um you know light up the light bulb in my brain and say oh wait a second this is not a natural or normal thing or this is something that i could change that's thank you for bringing this up nicole you're very welcome. This is why I love this group. Always something shows up for us. And I'm still curious about Donna's question. Did anybody, anybody. have something that they wanted to um, add? Like what triggered you and how, if you felt any of the 20 things that uh, Donna had mentioned, please share. And on a little bit more of that, oh, who raised her hand? Michelle Kill. I want to, I will ask, ask your question in just a second, but I want to just add a tiny bit onto that like the value of seeing what the the feeling is behind it or what the story was behind it. Like, for example, the other day, my daughter asked me if she could do something and I had 20 things going on that day already. And if I did this one thing, if I helped her to do this one thing, it would cause me to not be able to get all the things I need to get done. And I tend to put her ahead of me many times because I want her to have a great, fabulous life. So what happened was when she asked me this thing, I got triggered by it and I just got, I was like, you know what? I got 20 things going on today. I can't just drop everything every time you want to do something. And I just saw my reaction. I was like, what is this? After I saw, I stopped myself from reacting and I looked at what is this? And I saw that I have a lie and a program that's telling me it's better to ignore myself than my child. And um, also that it's very wrong to ignore my child. And for some reason, that trigger is what brought that up, being ignored, ignoring someone and what that does to them, and also that it's better to ignore myself and give other people what they need. And so seeing that, I was like, oh, wow, where am I ignoring myself? And how can I not ignore myself in this moment and still deliver 
what it is that I have to share with her with some generosity and kindness, right? So just being able to see what's running behind the trigger, the feelings or the thoughts, it's going to help you get out of it really quickly. Michelle. Um, Well, the first one that jumped out to me uh, was, I think, the last one, lonely. I'm lonely. Um, But the thing I that I keep wanting to say in this group so far is that I've been trying to make this job work for since January and it's just not getting better and I've been so miserable I mean I guess actually I'm lonely a lot because I'm home doing the paperwork and charting um, after I see the patients in the field and so on Tuesday I chose me. And isn't that the name of this group or something like choosing me or something like that? Yes. One of our classes is choosing you. Anyway, I was like super excited that, well, okay, it was very scary, but I saw an email come in about a job uh, opportunity and I said, well, I don't think I could be more miserable than this. So why don't I go for it and see what happens? And so I got the new job and that was like a really (laughs) deal for me to... Congratulations. Congratulations, Michelle. Thank you. It's a totally different brand of nursing. It's psych nursing in a psych ward. So pretty intimidating. But at the same time, I have always been interested in psych nursing. So it should be a really good education and a really big eye opener. And I love people. So I I know that I can just look at them and, and realize they're just operating from an unhealthy place. It's not about me. I already know that. So... I think every day I get to go home from that job, I'll realize even if it was really hard, I have a key. I get out. They don't. God bless them. And so like that, because it is a terrifying thought to work in an inpatient unit. But again, the level of my misery, I've literally been suicidal for the first time in a long time this year. I've, I've had a lot of suicidal thoughts, which is new for me, like especially to the level I've had them. And so I really feel like that was, I'm sorry that that's off the trigger question, but when, the, when you said lonely, that's how I really predominantly felt this year. Even though I go see patients in my home health and hospice job, I spend a lot more time alone because I have so much paperwork to do and I have to do it at home and I don't like that part. So that was, that was the trigger that got, <laughs> thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. One of the things that I, I heard through all of that, Michelle, and you can see if it resonates with you or not, is that, like, the it's a question, like, did you actually create this trigger as the trigger that would have you choose you? And in the choosing of you, did you feel less lonely because you actually chose you? That is deep. Whoa. Let me, let me chew on that a second. That's Donna. Yeah, you can you can you can keep that with yourself. I mean, you don't have to answer it right now. Um, Ask it it's again, actually, Donna. It's a really beautiful question. I can't repeat it. I'm sorry. Once oh, I say it, that's, that's it. That's right. <laughs> no, it's like it's, it's done. Like seriously, I gotta get some spit on that. And I, I, I can try to repeat it again. So, what 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 showed up for me was: Did you create this trigger as the ultimate trigger for you to choose you? And in the choosing of yourself, did you feel less lonely? Yeah, wow. Damn, that's amazing. Yeah, that's some good stuff right there. I'm going to keep chewing. I don't know, possibly. That is very possibly true. It's just like, that is deep. 
Because yeah. you know what made me what had that that like sense come to me is because you even said in the whole the whole spiel of it, so to speak, you said, Yeah, and it made me realize I was choosing me. And it's like, how lonely are we? Because we actually never choose ourselves. Even in my conversation with my daughter, it's like I get mad at her because I had giving so much to her. And it's really that I'm just not giving it to myself, you know? So, yeah, chew on it and, and see if it opens up something for That's you. That's a really good point that I don't, I haven't chosen me. I've chosen the company because they've been so good to me. And they've been, they've really worked with me with schedule changes and things like that. Because for whatever reason, this job seemed to chew me up and spit me out like no other job I've had. And I'm like, I don't understand. I actually really like it. I like the patients, yada, yada. So I don't really understand. But maybe because I had been choosing them instead of me, because I know they are struggling to find more nurses in my area. And I felt guilty leaving them in, you know, high and dry, et cetera. And yeah, that's probably is I, I chose me. And so, yeah, I think you're right. That oh, very well, congratulations on choosing you. Like that yes. lights me up and I'm so happy you chose you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so, that is really good. Man, that's some good meat there. Yay. <laughs> and that's a beautiful gift that comes from triggers. We can actually look at, uh, at, at this type of things. Um, I think Margaret had something to share with us. Yes, thank you. Um, first of all, thank you for scheduling this because I've been wanting to reconnect with you all for a long time. So this is a blessing. Um, and We're also, happy to have you, Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> we thank miss you. you. And um, it's just interesting how so many things that go on throughout the day. You just don't stop to think about the triggers. And I have a couple, honestly, I think I probably need to schedule time with just Donna and Nicole, just to have general sessions just for myself. Cause so many triggers are coming to mind, you know, right now. And, you know, I've got this huge dance that, you know, that my husband's always triggering me in, you know, and, beyond what, you know, it's not like I'm blaming him. I don't know what it is that's creating those triggers and what, you know, why this dance has happened or whatever. But Michelle also, um, I've just recently resigned from my job because I was, you know, again, great company, been there almost seven years or six and a half years. And, you know, it's been a great company and I'm grateful for the income and, and I actually like the job a lot, but I just was, just about ready to just, I don't know, just crawl out of my skin because I just just was hating everything about it. And um, anyway, and I feel kind of trapped right now because I've got a non-compete. Um, but long story short, I've just taken the ne you know next eight weeks off because I'm like, I just, I resigned. They don't want me to resign. So they're, you know, and that feels good, right? They're fighting for me, you know, to stay or whatever. Um, but right now we've just agreed that I'm going to take these eight weeks off and then we'll see what happens after that. Um, cause I'm just trying to decide, you know, what else is possible right now. And so it was just an opportunity for me to kind of step away with all that said, you know, I mean, I've got lots of issues I need to work on trigger, you know, the triggers. And so I know that, you know, I joined late and I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation and to see what, um, how I might be able to be enlightened by, um, just realizing what I don't, what I, what I'm not already seeing. That's awesome, Margaret. I mean, I, I'm, I, I notice my triggers often, and that's why I have these girls, you know, so I can call them too and get support. So 
if you're really ready for that and now you have the time because you're sort of in this, you know, eight-week break, what a beautiful thing to gift yourself during that time. How perfect. Yeah, looking forward to it. So just thank you for opening my mind to these things that I've just, you know, uh, I'm I'm getting wound up about and I don't know what's at the base of them. So excited now about what this is going to open up for me. So thank you, Donna. Yeah, you're welcome. Absolutely. There's nothing like looking at your triggers, looking for that freedom, that meme that Donna found that is fabulous. The the one that says that um, be grateful for your triggers. They point where you are not free. Um, that is, is really, uh, it's, it's that discomfort. It's that point where you're like, okay, I'm done with this. I don't want to feel like this anymore. It's right. robbing my energy and I want my energy back. So that's the beauty of, uh, of pain. And actually in yoga, I'm a certified yoga teacher as well. Uh, but again, I certified myself because I wanted to know more about it. What I loved about yoga, it's about being in that discomfort. You don't want to necessarily go into the pain. Unfortunately for us, emotionally, we go straight into pain. Discomfort is not enough for us to change the way we live life. Uh, it's when we're in enough turmoil that we're like, okay, I got to do something about this. Um, but what I love about in yoga, we talk about breathing through the discomfort so that you can, again, change that neural pathway, change that mindset that it's not necessarily pain. There's a lot of beautiful growth in it that there is, um, in the other side of things, you are going to be freer. Uh, you will have all that energy back to you. You will have that, you will embody the energy of empress of, uh, you know, of goddess of, of what we're always thinking about that's bigger and larger than us, but it's truly is us. That is who we are. We just forget when we're down here because we put all this gunk on us and we forget our true brilliance. This is what I love about choosing ourselves. We're like, you know what? No, I'm going to be a badass. Thank you very much. I'm going to continue with my life. <laughs> you know, um, kind of going back to the beginning of the conversation where I had been reflecting that like 100% of our life is kind of like a trigger and a response and just this kind of rep repetitive thing of trigger response, trigger response. And being aware of that, even today... I noticed myself, again, my daughter and I are at, we live on a farm out in the middle of the country all by ourselves pretty much, so we're, it's just her and I all day, um, and something happened, and something happened, I don't know even what it was, but I got triggered, and I noticed myself in this triggered state, which had nothing to do with her or even a response to her, but I started to get be irritable around the person who was just there and it happened to be her. And then I noticed that because I'm really looking at like, well, I just got triggered. That's interesting. I'm not, I'm not me right now, you know? And I, I gave myself permission. I chose me in that moment and said, you know what, babe, I'm so sorry. I need to go outside and just get recentered. I'll be right back. Of course she was like, yeah, awesome mom, go for it. You know? <laughs> and I just went out by, we have this beautiful magnolia tree in our front yard and I just went out there and I sat on her big, heavy roots that are coming out of the ground and put my back against her trunk. And I was just like, what energy can you show me that I can be as grounded as this, you know, as this tree is? That and, is beautiful. You know, I, it just, I just felt better, you know, I just acknowledging it and interrupting it and choosing something different. Like Nicole pointed to the neural pathways. I'm like, I remember getting up from that saying, I just rewrote, I started rewriting that neural pathway. That's awesome. 
right there. Yeah. That is awesome. And that's by giving it, by becoming aware and becoming that observer. What a beautiful opportunity to be sitting down under that absolutely beautiful tree and just recentering. And what other tools can we actually find and what other places can we find if we don't, if we're not as lucky as Donna to be living in that farm? <laughs> what can we find to, to break that? I can tell you that um, just the other day, I sort of was uh, in the position of your daughter where somebody else around um, me was actually being triggered by something. And just like Donna, you were saying earlier, when somebody gets triggered, I used to very easily get triggered myself and go into judgments like, oh, where are they mad? And I should be the one getting mad about this and da-da-da-da-da. And yesterday I noticed like, huh, this person is triggered. Well, look at that. I'm just observing and I'm not getting triggered by her <laughs> situation. And it was a complete different experience. I could have very easily in the past gone into it and have a family feud and just being and just ruined the whole um, evening that we had planned together. And instead, luckily, and thanks to these conversations, I was able to notice it and just observe rather than becoming a participant of the, somebody else's triggers. I was going to say, Laura, like um, one of the beautiful things about the tools that we're talking about is that we, it really helps us step out of being unconsciously or sub, you know, having our subconscious drive us. Um, yeah. And as we kind of usher this into our consciousness, then we can really, you know, see and feel and, and heal uh, versus just that almost feeling like we're on a default um, reaction to things. Yeah. And so I feel like a lot of this just really is inviting things from the subconscious into our conscious so that we can uh, choose, choose. So we can choose. <laughs> so we can choose. Because um, otherwise we just, you know, especially, especially with family, I know you're talking about family stuff. I mean, we, it's so easy to fall in. I, I spent um, uh, three days in Colorado with my entire family. There was like 24 of us in a cabin and, uh, and it's family that I don't even like, we don't even really spend that much time together. And it was, there was a couple of times that it was really, I kind of wanted to step into some old patterns, but I was able to uh, step out and breathe. And um, it was just gorgeous. We were up in Breckenridge and I went outside and, uh, onto the patio and took a few breaths and was able to really breathe through it. And it, it ended up being a really healing time for all of us. Cause I think we all really wanted to kind of put the past behind us and be a unit, a family unit. Isn't that amazing? How many of us it are is. looking for that now? Yes, it was, it was cool. It was a great experience, but it's just so funny to me. It's like, it doesn't matter if you're 50 and no. you're still like, you get around your family and you were like seven. Yes. I mean, you know, those patterns are so strong. <laughs> they are there. <laughs> They're just like, um, anyway, those, yeah, it's a, those are deep breaths. And so, yeah, the more conscious we are, the more we can avoid stepping into them. Awesome. Thank you, Jana. Well, it's eight o'clock, so we're going to close this um, for everyone. Just want to let you guys know that um, 
any five of us are available for private coaching, if that's ever something you want to do on the side, that is not what this podcast is about. As a matter of fact, we'll be back here next week on on Sunday at 10 o'clock. Um, we have like six future, yes, 10 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. We have about six different topics right now that we are going to be scheduling later tonight. Um, but there, I'll just kind of shout them out to you so you can know what's coming up. Um, there's a couple about surrender and the gift and the capacity that surrender is, uh, one about acknowledgement, acknowledging your small wins towards self-love and confidence, um, or what does your holy hell yes feel like to you? Do you know what a holy hell yes is? And are you willing to say no to anything that isn't a holy hell yes for you? That's a conversation. Uh, we also have a get conversation with Nicole coming up about walking your talk, which is also going to be a class that she's going to be offering in August. And uh, so we get to learn a bit a little about, about what all that is about and how to walk your talk. Basically, for me, I think, Karen, if I'm wrong, it's just like, how do you be you all the time? You know, how do you have your joy and the fullness of you all the time? And what tools can you use to get there? Um, and then lastly, being turned on by the unknown is a topic that we're going to be talking about. This is we try to bring our we try to always plan for the future or the present, but it's always based on the past. And so we don't make the same mistakes. And it's like, what if we were so turned on by the unknown that the past was boring to us? And what if being turned on by the unknown actually turned on more of who we are? So anyways, those are some really fun conversations we have coming up in the next, you know, five to six weeks. We're going to be alternating every week. It'll be a Monday night at seven, one week, 7 p.m., Central Standard Time, and then next week will be a Sunday morning at 10 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time, and then we'll go back to the Monday and the Sunday and the Monday and the Sunday, just to give more people flexibility to get on the call. Some people can do Mondays, some people can do Sundays. Um, and you can find any of us at soulfulawakeningsera.com, and also on Facebook. Just reach out to us. Again, reach out to any of us if you guys want any notes about today's um podcast or the recording too and thank you guys so much for being here hopefully this contributed to each of you yes if you need any any anything at all we'll definitely i'm downloading all the podcast stuff right now as you can hear the music coming on for us um so if y'all have any questions at all please reach out and i'd love to send that to you we'll figure out how to put it maybe we can put it on the uh anyway we have ideas just ask you'll get it anything else ladies Thank you so much for everything. You're so welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And find that gift on that trigger. (laughs) Absolutely. Good night, y'all. Good night. Bye.